This episode is sponsored by JB Media. Tired of searching the web for a map that really brings to life the world you're setting for your players? Have you ever found one that's almost what you're looking for, but you need to add a little chaos and destruction to it? Look no further. JB Media designs maps and assets for your virtual tabletop. That's right. If you have a vision, JB Media can bring it to life, creating an immersive experience for your players that's unique to your campaign. Whether you're looking for a custom map for your VTT or simply assets for your maps, JB Media has you covered. You'll find bundles for summoning circles, ruins, rubble, things that are definitely not mimics, and more. Available for purchase on Roll20 and Patreon. Check out their work and give them a follow on Instagram at jbmedia.dnd and on Patreon. Links provided below in the episode description. And if this is your first time with us, we are super excited to have you. And if you've decided to come back for more, we're happy you're enjoying it. Regardless, we appreciate you being here. In one of our earlier episodes, I confessed that every time I try to make a character that is without a doubt absolutely not me, I always wind up finding pieces of me along the way. It's been interesting to me, and it feels a little like the age-old which came first, the chicken or the egg conundrum. Am I finding bits of myself in these characters, or am I unintentionally inserting myself into them despite me trying not to? I'm actually pretty excited to dive into this topic. Today, joining me, I have Jason, Joe, and Lee. Say hello, fellas. Hello, hello. fellas. Hello, fellas. Oh, knock it off, you. Uh, so I, I say I'm surprised, but I really shouldn't be. I've seen Dungeons & Dragons literally offered as therapy in several different modalities to overcome social issues and recover uh, from and work through different trauma and more. Um, so, so exploring yourself while you are playing a character um, really, I think, just is part of it. So let's start. I can't be the only one that's had this epiphany, right? Do you all find that this happens to you? Pretty, pretty constantly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so whether or not you have pieces of you in there to start, do you feel like you wind up finding yourself in characters along the way? And I have a special note here to look at Lee specifically. And if you don't answer this question if, if with the elaboration that I want you to, I'm going to have to keep poking and prodding you. So this is your this is your fair warning that I know the answer to this, and I want you to realize the answer to, to but, this. But Kristen, you've already tied them up. How much more do you want to do to them? Listen. <laughs> I get at least three more yeah. sucker punches in before the end of the episode. Can I just clarify that I, I uh, know for sure that uh, Lee always gets consent before he inserts himself into any characters? <laughs> This is why we have the explicit marking on this episode. I definitely um, do find myself in most of my characters. Uh, I don't know if it is intentional or not, though. But yeah, it, it just it feels like you do this to sort of make the character personal to you, so it's a special character. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel anyway. When I stumble upon it and I figure, oh shit, this is like, this is a little bit of me in this character. Um, it just makes it like the experiences you have role playing that much more personal to you. Mm. Um, so I think that's why I end up doing it um, without realizing. Uh, I don't, 
I don't know if they're annoying traits that I put in the characters yeah. or anything like that because um, I don't find myself annoying, so it's that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a difficult one. You, you, just... um, you but... can't just go. I mean, I don't know if people find my characters annoying because I don't know that I'm annoying. Stop. Don't beat yourself up. We're talking. <laughs> Maybe that's part of what you process, though. Like, hey, is my character annoying? Because people really think that I'm annoying. And so, like, you look for the reception. Yeah, and the, I mean, it's it's fair. But I'm not. Maybe. This is not a session to beat you up. I'm I'm in charge of beating you up. You can't beat you up. Yeah. Also, I mean, Juniper is probably one of the most annoying characters I've ever had to run. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I mean, <laughs> listen, it wasn't my turn yet. <laughs> <laughs> and not not in a way that it's like annoying and it's a bad annoying it's like her character is supposed to be annoying and it's chaotic and it's cool and it's nice so <laughs> even annoying characters can be played well as long as it's not annoying to the detriment of the other players that's you know that's fair. It's fine i mean i i think as well as that i don't want to be mean so i'll be very careful how i pick my words but juniper using that example juniper talks hard and fast Right and pretty non yeah. pretty nonstop, um, yeah. and it it is entertaining. There is the opportunity for it to be annoying in a in a good positive like oh we need to do something about this way, and actually Jason you as a DM then introduced the mozzarella balls which w was perfect because it means whenever we need to like before it gets obstructive and distracting from what we're supposed to be doing then one of our other players can just shove a mozzarella ball in your face and you can't talk anymore. And it deals with all the problematic symptoms of, of that character. It hel yeah, it helps with situations as well. It's like, we need to be quiet and Juniper can't be quiet for okay, long periods well, of time. So here's a mozzarella ball to give up for, for at least half an hour. This whole episode on its head turns around. Like two friggin' sessions into it. If you, you want to kill off Juniper, you got plenty of ways to do it. All right, just not... we're gonna hit a hard reset button. We're not talking about Juniper being annoying right now. I personally know I'm annoying, and I'm happy to bring it all to you. Um, <laughs> finding pieces of you, as you all have just, you know, on. Um, very clear grounds told me that the pieces of me in Juniper that you find align with Kristen as a person is just how annoying I am. What kind of pieces of you do you find in your characters <laughs> have you found along the way? Joe, go ahead and continue on. I'll, I'll berate myself because I think uh, there's elements of every one of my characters that could be irritating. Uh, and I will say it, it, it was not an epiphany to me that... Um, there's elements of me in all of my characters. I think, generally speaking, my because I find it easier to to create a backstory from what I know rather than something that's completely obscure to me. So, mm. most of my characters, or at least the ones that I've played the most, I've started with um, something either I like about myself and exaggerate it. Or start with something I wish I had and exaggerate it. Like, oh. okay, this sounds really, really, this might sound strange, but right, Odo. He mm -hmm. is small and irritating and brash and just, but he is also very naive, which I acknowledge that I am, especially when it comes to relationships. And that was a big deal for me for a long time. 
and um, he, uh, on the flip side of that, is is full of just brazen confidence because of his naivety, which I don't have. And I lent on those the dichotomy of that like naivety that I see in myself, and I wish I could react differently to my own naivety or bend it a little bit um, to my will. Uh, and Odo was born. And and I do that kind of thing with almost all of my characters. I think I I always have elements that I know. Yeah, this is this is a little bit me, and then insert things that are like this is polar opposite to me. And I wish it was. I um, I'm not going to say I always wish it was a bit me because then scratch becomes problematic. But I uh, <laughs> <laughs> insert elements that are not like me. Let's just leave it at that. But uh, so you go from uh, instead of learning from your character, you put what you want into the character in order to benefit from the experience in order to make it part of your reality going forward, rather than starting a character with no kind of idea what they're going to be like or completely different and then learning bits about yourself um, with that character. I think it's I think it's a bit of both. I'm a creature of habit, and comfort is important to me, and I don't like going into something completely unknown. Like if you said to me, "Hey, come meet me." Uh, at 10 o'clock, I would spend until 10 o'clock worrying about who was going to be there, where we were going, uh, what we were going to be doing and all that business. I like the, the 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 known aspects of life. So inserting some known quantities into characters is important to me because otherwise I just won't be able to engage with them. And I'll I think that that's fair. Um, sometimes adding a bit of yourself to a character can make playing them more comfortable. I think especially mm -hmm. in a situation where it can be uncomfortable. Like, um, for me, it would be uh, like Miranda, right? Miranda, anybody listening who does not have the absolute pleasure of knowing Miranda, she's a bitch. <laughs> and while I often will say that I am, I'm not really. I mean, not when it comes down to it. I don't think I am. And if there are little bits of me in her, like the bit of me in her is how overprotective she is of her family, especially her brother. And she will do anything. And that helps kind of ground me in her. But kind of stretching, I mean, that's that's something a little different that I'm going to talk about in a second. But But when you play something that is a little further outside of you, like how mean and cold and terrible she can be um i will often have to check in with fellow players afterwards and juniper's going to be that way for me too i had to do it you know I, like was she too annoying was she too terrible like did i ruin the session for people by trying to bring this character to life so sometimes having a bit of you in that um can help but i mean jason so so what about you i think it's interesting that joe intentionally takes pieces of himself to put in there whereas i um i think when we talked about first characters i said i, tr I tried to make this character that was not me because i know how much i like to talk and i get excited and i wanted her to to be back and i didn't want her to be the leader and i still wound up finding pieces of me inside of her anyway what about you how do you how do you do it do it. Go about it. I was hoping that I'd be able to just like fly under the yeah, wing. Yeah, I know. You diverted. Yeah. <laughs> I came back. I found you. Um, I, I don't know. I, a lot of my characters have a strong sense of justice and morality in them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that very much comes from me personally because I have very similar uh, a moral compass and 
and strive for justice within reality. Uh, so that definitely influences all of my characters. I don't think there's a character I've made that isn't that looks upon a situation that's unfair and will go onto the side that's winning. They'll always stand up for the, the sort of the small dog in the fight as long as it's justified to do so. That's very much me influencing how most of my characters are mm-hmm. portrayed. Uh, I don't think there's a lot that my characters that has gone the other way around that I found out from playing my characters. Rarely that I didn't already know about myself that came to fruition, which is why I kind of wanted to avoid the question because I don't think I can relate to a lot of you guys where you, you learn a bit of yourselves unless you guys have seen from playing with me the, the opposite in any situation. You know what, though? I feel like that's a hard question for me to ask because you're normally running my games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe it's because I, I run all the NPCs and, and stuff like that. I A lot of them are sort of that's true pieces of me that i lean up against anyway so i'm just that's how i play my characters using knowledge and experience i already have and getting it the other way around is just not something i can get from it because i'm always creating the character to be a certain way rather than learning from the character interesting so when i was just talking about miranda and the pieces of me that help kind of ground me when i'm playing an abrasive character actually the the list of abrasive characters i have is growing um as i was thinking oh it's just miranda nope it's juniper nope it's winter like it's anyway um don't you nod your head like that but (laughs) (laughs) um are there are there pieces let's let's take willie for example um he's you know not the nicest of of guys. I think that when you talk about inserting your sense of justice there, that I can see that. But but do you do things like that? You intentionally put a little bit of Jason in there when you have a more abrasive character to help kind of keep you you grounded and not completely. I, just... I think sometimes I use the my moral compass and my sense of justice in order to pull on the experience of real life and go, oh, when people have said this, it's, you know, it's a mocking or hurting this person. So I'm going to comically use that situation in order to play that out in this. And I know the players that I'm with can see it as a joke and it's not serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can get away with, with being like slightly misogynistic as an old grumpy old man or like, beaten down on the younglings in the group and stuff like that because you guys know it's jokes mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of like that the unwritten contract that I, I, we all agree that these things are bad but in the right situation because of the character you're not going to go overboard but you can still put implement mm-hmm. bits of it in there uh, because in, in real life if someone said that I'd, I'd probably you know feel that moral compass or that sense of justice pull on me to say something so I know saying those in games comically can sort of lean towards the character. Yeah. But in the sense of actually being mean, I don't think I'm. No. It's not something I've learned from my characters. <laughs> like, oh, I'm actually a really mean person in real life because my characters <laughs> are being mean. Uh, I only use experiences that I know people have gone through in the real world and mm. and use them as a example. That's fair. And I, I honestly, the the 
the more I play and the longer that list becomes for me of, of characters that tend to be a little uh, harder and more abrasive, I kind of like what that um, opens up in terms of role play situations, like you say, misogyny. Uh, if you have uh, a character like Lily who will make those kind of comments to see what the other players do around that, um, I, th I think is really interesting. All right, so, so what about the other two of you, um, Lee and Joe? Do you have a character that you feel is a little abrasive that maybe you've inserted intentionally a little bit of yourself to keep you grounded and focused? Or have you played a character where at the end of the session you're like, oh my God, does everybody hate me because, <laughs> because of who I am when I'm playing this character? Or is that just me, you know, being who I am? Um, I think the only character that, that I've made so far would be Sam, where I don't think people are gonna um, enjoy him uh, with how he is, because <clears throat> he's not. I made him intentionally to be quite different to how I normally play a character, because I like to play characters who are super friendly, helpful, and supportive. Um, and I thought, well, this time I'll try something different. Whereas he's in it for himself. It doesn't matter if. Who he pushes out of the way or has to step over to get his way as long as he gets what he wants. Uh, so end goal is what he's after. Um, so that's that's the only character I've, I'm playing with which I'm worried about um, because it's a struggle. Like I don't know if you guys find it, but it's a struggle for me to play someone who has that sort of mentality. Like. I, I try and, and being mean and yeah, being decisive yeah, in so, the moments. Yeah, because it's not, just not given, like, against your nature as like kind of a people pleaser yeah. and I'm wanting to help people playing playing a character like that for <laughs> you is just difficult. Uh, yeah, it's it's that. a real struggle. Yeah. Because yeah, you like you just I don't know. It just feels wrong inside. Like these aren't decisions I would make to do, and they feel terrible. But it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. Um, like I said, I, I like to play characters who are very much helpful. Um, because that's I, who I, you I don't are. Know. Although I do want to say, and then we'll circle <laughs> back to Joe. So Joe, be, be, have your, your wheels turning. I do want to say that in playing with you, Lee, for the amount of time that I, I have at this point, um, the reason why I put in parentheses on my, my sheet, Lee specifically, is because I've watched you change as a person and become more confident in yourself, more assertive in yourself. And I 100% credit that to you being able to explore that and those boundaries in D&D. &D. And I mean, yeah, you know, you got some definitely give me behind a... you too. Like, yeah, you can be a dick. It's fine. Just stand up for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it probably is the, the confidence I've gained uh, since playing and exploring through D&D. Mm. It probably is largely down to that. But again, it, I feel like it's more the people that I surround myself with. Um, if you have people that are supporting you and saying, look, you, you know, you are you are doing well with things, you know, like you're not shit at stuff and supporting you and encourage you, giving you advice and not just slating you down. When, when you ask somebody, how can I improve of this? And they just, uh, they give you like good advice on to work on and not just, well, you shit and you bad at that. So <laughs> go to different people for yeah, advice it, if they're like, yeah, shit. It, it, it makes it makes a massive difference. So that's, um, 
that's yeah. fair. But also, There's like, that. practice makes perfect, too, right? And if you are actively practicing being an assertive person in a game, when real life happens and you're presented with a situation like that, it's going to come a little more naturally because you've already had practice with that. I'll, I'll take the spotlight off of you for a second. You're still tied up, though. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> Joe, You can breathe again. No, no, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was interesting hearing Lee talk about the kinds of characters he plays. And I thought I would just open up my D&D Beyond and have a look at the characters that I have created over the last year or two, no, just mm -hmm. over a year. And it occurs to me that the the most sort of towards neutral even that I've created or played has been Scratch. Um, and even he, uh, yeah, his background was black market dealings, but and and he's entirely self-serving. Like he's helpful only so that he stays alive, but he'll help others if that serves that per that grand purpose. But he's about as bad as it gets for me. Uh, and I hadn't really contemplated that before, so maybe I need to I need to create someone that's a little more on the chaotic evil side and do it. Yeah, mm. yeah um, do it. <laughs> maybe someone should run an evil campaign. Yeah, I would Chris love that. Do it. I you know I say that, and then I think I'd be a little nervous about. If I was good, what that would like. If I was good at being evil, what that would say about me as a person. Was <laughs> <So laughs> it, it not just? Uh, I give it in my case. Highlight those situations and go. I know this is bad, which would, is the reason why I'm doing it because I am aware of how bad this would be yeah. if this were to happen in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the I think the the character that if I look at one character who I think might be. I don't know about irritating or annoying is the right word. Definitely frustrating to other characters. It would be hurrah, probably. Uh, just because he's he's very slow and mindful. and I don't know we... about mindful, because I don't know how <laughs> mind he says. But I was literally before when I, I don't remember what question I asked. He came into my brain and I was like, he's literally like that person that leaves you on red. Or when you got those three little dots that's like, they're typing, they're typing. I feel like I feel like you created uh, um, your character in Jason's campaign, Juniper, specifically as a counter for Hurrah, because uh, they're almost polar opposites in terms of the the vocal um, aspect. They are almost polar opposites, Juniper and Hurrah. They're, they're uh, she is very fast paced and constantly constantly going and says stuff that's relevant but also stuff that's completely off topic whereas hurrah i mean i've i've compared him to a tree and he only says what needs to be said and even in his current party of characters who aren't hyper focused and, and hyperactive that's too slow for them but that's <laughs> that's who he is. If you wait, you'll find good information. Mind you, his intelligence is only eight, so maybe you won't find good information. But he tries. <laughs> Could you imagine a world where Hurrah and Juniper met? <laughs> I, well, it would be a very one-sided conversation. It would just be right. Juniper. Like, no one would even know. <laughs> Hurrah entered the world appearing like a rock. So it would just be Juniper sitting on a rock. Let's be honest. <laughs> I also feel like it would frustrate her to the point where it'd be like putting a bag of holding inside of another bag of holding and just the world would explode um yeah. but moving on <laughs> um is there a character that you have played to specifically highlight 
a side of your personality that doesn't always get the spotlight. So you made it the main focus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then. <laughs> and uh, no, um, I, I mean, I already said it. Odo, right? His mm-hmm. his uh, naivety, backed up by brash confidence, and which made him able to go into groups of people that he didn't know and be socially interactive and go and do things without really questioning uh, how or why those things were going to be done. Uh, and that is that those are things I struggle with. And those are things that I definitely uh, developed because of playing Odo and seeing the reactions of people in a game where it's safe to play around. Um mm. It's not like it's a full-on transformation of now I'm a super confident human being, but it definitely helped to go through that process in a safe environment. Mm. I don't know if there's a character that I may purposely to express a certain part of me. I feel like that goes back to the morality and, and the sort of strive for justice kind of thing, which is in all of my characters. I often make my characters vegetarian just because mm-hmm. I'm often sometimes like for Zachariah's case, they cook mm-hmm. and I don't know how to really describe cooking meat these days. It's just not uh, information <laughs> that I have in my brain. Yep. So it's easier for me to say, oh, the vegetarian and they cook this vegetarian because I do that in real life. So only pulling on previous experiences so I can then uh, confidently portray them in the in the character but yeah other than the sense of justice and and moral compasses a lot of, i don't make characters specifically maybe shay was close uh in terms of some of the stuff that he'd do and and say um <clears throat> uh, zachariah probably comes close in terms of he's very into the cooking um romantic relationships he struggles with mm-hmm. which is <laughs> something mm-hmm. I struggled with in the past as well so he gets a, a little bit of that from me and I don't know, again he's got a really strong sense of justice and wants to look out for those around him and even though he can be horrible at times he does have some kind of moral code back there that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he tries to work on but it's always open him up uh, any character to change as well what would convince the character to change their ways and what would convince me and would that be the same for the character so in like in willie's case he's a dick but if he were to be pulled aside by somebody and somebody said like listen this this is upsetting for people and explained it in a way mm-hmm. he's open to change he's not doing it because he wants to be a dick it's just how he is and i think there's a fine line of being allowing your character to change when they are being annoying like that and develop Yep. As a character, instead of going putting your heels in the ground and going, no, my character's a dick and he's always going to be a dick for yep. the entire campaign and there's no way to change. Okay, but you know, then you're just going to be a dick for the entire campaign. Being a dick so, for the sake of being yeah, a dick. That's it. So I feel like having the option, or at least putting the option in there of what would convince my character to be better mm-hmm. is always at the back of my mind because that's always how I ask myself every day, how do I become better? Yep. And maybe that's that's why I implement that kind of rule system into my characters. Of if I can grow, then surely my characters in this fictional world can also grow. Yep. So. 
I, I love the idea of, of personal growth. And actually, so going back to Juniper, I'm just going to explain her because obviously outside of the room of four of us right now, there are only two other people that know, know Juniper. So Juniper is a kender um, and she is she talks very fast. She is very chaotic um, and she's got a goal. She's from the Feywild and she doesn't she's not currently in the Feywild and she doesn't understand why things don't work the right way. She's only been out of the Feywild. I think this was the second time now. Second um, time. And, and, and everything is unfamiliar to her and everything moves at a different pace. And so she doesn't think that she's moving and talking so quickly. She's just used to that because that's what she's used to in the world that she comes from, right? But she is very much so... <laughs> obnoxious and we discussed this before i i even brought juniper to the table right juniper went through several iterations and i actually already um jason when we had that pre-game talk talked about potential character arcs for her i anticipate there are several things in her backstory i have given as catalysts for change and i expect that she will go through some sort of journey and hopefully at the end become a little less obnoxious or more tolerable one of the two of them um but i think that character growth especially in situations like that where you have those kind of prickly characters is always just kind of amazing to witness and i'm just even going to say if it's not you personally exploring part of it i think that it's helpful to watch other people go through that as as an active participant in the story you know what i mean like jason watching your character go through some sort of arc it's helpful for me as Kristen, to watch you go through that um but speaking of which has any particular character of yours i feel like jason's gonna say no has any character of yours actually changed you as a person and again lee you are tied up I wrote, I would love to start with Lee on this one because if he says no, I'm going to tell him exactly why he's wrong. So <laughs> the question again is, has any character actually changed you as a person? Well, I feel like a combination of all of them, mm -hmm. um, really. Uh, I think one character that I think impacted me the most um, I think I probably put a bit too much of Lee in that character when making them. Uh, was my first Isaac. My Isaac. Isaac version one. Yes. Yeah, your Isaac. Yes. Where, um, so he was just just a guy that uh, came from rich background and wanted to just help people and went off into the world with that set in his head. Um, and, yeah, it, it didn't end well for him. And it just, yeah, because... You put something into a character um, where you want them to do good and succeed and help people. And if if that doesn't happen, then obviously it feels bad for you. Um, and I felt very, very grim, like I'd lost a piece of me when uh, that character had passed. Um, so, yeah. I feel like that sort of helped me in a way, You like with him, knowing that it's okay to to try with things mm. uh if they don't succeed it's you know you can always try again keep going don't don't just give up at the, the first hurdle well i'm i'm glad um, that you answered the correct way um because i was gonna have to, <laughs> i was gonna have to stop you and basically tell you about isaac but um 
Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that Isaac was really helpful to you. I know I've spoken even to your wife about it. Um, I think that Isaac yeah. was very helpful to you as a person um, for for many reasons. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was it was like a I wouldn't say a traumatic experience, but it was a hell of an experience lo- losing yeah. him. Um, I don't think like a lot. Of, I don't. Well, I'm not sure if it's the same for everybody, but when when you put something in a character like that and you do lose them, there is that like that certain feeling of loss and mourning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like to the point where I don't really feel like I want to play D and D again because what happens if this happens yeah. again? I mean, but I I feel like you you took the word away, but I'm I'm gonna say that it was a little traumatic. Like it was traumatic for me on the other side of it, still walking around with his ashes on my friggin' hip bag. Like, I, <laughs> I think that it was, it was very traumatic, and I think because you had gone through a personal evolution and you were gaining traction with it, and all of a sudden it just felt like the door was slammed. Right? I was didn't get to finish that shot for our, for our one shot that turned into like a five shot for um, Elica. Right, Elika is really the only character yeah. I've truly, truly lost forever. Lost, I think, um, and that was painful. But I, I cannot even imagine one of my characters dying and having it being more traumatic for me than actually losing Isaac was. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put that word on it. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm gonna wait until the end to. Have Jason tell me no. What about you, Joe? Has any character <laughs> actually changed you as a person? Do you think? I mean, um, you kind of said a little bit with Odo, but yeah, I I think it <sighs> permanently any one character probably not. I think as Lee alluded to, y- yes, playing D and D and other tabletop games, uh, and exploring different characters and different scenarios with especially with new people has definitely changed me uh, mm-hmm. and has helped me to evaluate myself and others around me and so on. So th- there's, y- yes, it has. And creating different characters, like, because it's, it's unlike most other games that people play, right? You, you pick up a board game. Yeah. You, you might want to play a fun new board game that you buy at the shop, but you choose a character from a set list, you know, mm. Professor Plum yep. or, or what Colonel Custard and they are <laughs> you are you you are not really them, you're just adopting their name to finish the game. This is something where you can truly embrace well, you don't have to, but you can truly embrace a different personality for a very short period of time. And that mm-hmm. is very empowering. Uh, like you say, Odo definitely did have an impact on me, but I think the larger impact comes from experimentation with many characters rather mm-hmm. than um, you know any one particular character individually. It's been fun. I loved it. Fair, Jason. I'm ready for your no now. No, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I do. D&D as a whole has definitely changed me as a person. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can put it down to any of the characters that I have played, but the community and the experience and the playing through situations has allowed me to see more clearly. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's down to the characters I have played, though, but definitely D&D at its core has changed me, or role-playing games at its core has changed 
me personally. Yeah. But yeah, but I can't put it down to any characters that have have done it. It's uh, it's opened opportunities to do things, and it, the characters kind of always kind of like to play the character with the motivations in hand. Yeah. And see how it plays out, but I don't think I, I can't put a finger on any character. As I said, when a, when a character's gone or the campaign ends, they purged. And Ugh. so I just I like, it. when I play those characters, I often disassociate myself anyway. So it's very unlikely it even gets to me to change me at all. That's, I mean... No, <laughs> need closure. Gotta have closure <laughs> on a character or something. I can't. I, no. I will I will say, I... <laughs> We, you, you and I have talked about using our voice acting essentially, like in the car when we're driving around with the kids and whatnot. Like mm. that, that happens. I have uh, there's the whole like, what would Jesus do? Sort of phrase. I, I have found myself in certain circumstances, sort of think, what would Scratch do? What would Hurrah do? What mm-hmm. would Odo do? And in that way, yeah, it's definitely changed me because there have been times when I've just been like, I need to woosah. And I need a different perspective on this, and I'm on my mm-hmm. own, so I have to find that perspective from somewhere else. So, although it hasn't changed my personality, it's definitely changed my outlook. Um, yeah, you and honestly, the, the eight of you in your brain. With the, yeah, this is it. Uh, but probably, <laughs> if I look at it from that outlook, uh, probably probably scratch has changed me more than anyone else <laughs> which is really weird. concerning I might, might be concerned now yeah. Uh, yeah. knowing a bit of scratch <laughs> but also i think it, it there might be some value in playing a D campaign as yourself mm. <laughs> i'd be terrified and just like <laughs> yeah. like there's online things there that will stat you based on the answers oh. that you put in use them play the campaign as yeah. yourself and what you're like just be you in that campaign and let the DM throw situations at you and act as you would in order to dramatically explore yourself within the boundaries of a D&D system. I think there's a, a good value That just makes me very shaky. <laughs> Maybe you can run it for us then, Kristen, no. until you're ready. I, <laughs> I mean... <sighs> Either you run it or I will. I'm very excited about this prospect. It, I mean, <laughs> you can do it. I like I. I would be willing to do it for a short period of time in a very safe, cozy space. But I mean, I play D and D so I could get rid of myself for a second. <laughs> Is it much different than playing the online escape rooms that we play? Because we're all just playing ourselves, trying to get out of a situation <sighs> in those. I don't know. I don't want to think about it too much. It makes me nervous. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, listen, if we're being perfectly honest, this isn't going to now turn into a therapy session, right? If we're being perfectly honest... Maybe that's what it is, though. Maybe I, that's the, the it point could of, be. Of... Like, I, I started this whole thing out <laughs> saying that D&D can be used for therapy and is used for therapy in, in several different um, applications. Um, and and I'll, I'll elaborate a little more on that in a second, but I just, like, I think... I think I like I said it, it, it always surprises me although it shouldn't I I try and find characters who are not me and ultimately always wind up finding pieces of me inside it and I explore those but they're generally pieces that I have kind of shoved down and if I I I, I think I do like exposing them and kind of sitting with it and exploring it a little bit um like <laughs> You know, Marigold, 
for those people that don't know her, she was a, a halfling little cleric. She was a sweet thing, and she apologized for everything. And I took it to the nth degree, but I do that. And I didn't realize yeah, you, you how much I did it until I was trying oh, yeah. to personify it. And then I was like, shit, I, <laughs> I do do this. I apologize for shit that's not my fault all the time, all the time. And then watching it happen with her and watching how people kind of as a, a third person party, because now I'm not first person exploring it, I'm kind of third person exploring it, um, was really interesting and and helpful to me to bring back into my life. So. I don't know. Um, now it feels slightly worse when Thorn pulled you up on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why, why are you apologizing all the time? I mean, but you that stop. was a little bit of Jason knowing Kristen too, I think. Like, stop apologizing. You, you tell me all the time, like, stop apologizing. You sneeze and you're like, sorry. And I'm like, why are you apologizing? <laughs> I bodily function that you cannot decide whether you do or not. <laughs> I, think, I think for me, the character that probably uh, changed me the most or had the biggest impact on me, or maybe just because it's the freshest, was actually Daisha. Um and I've said it before because I was going through some personal stuff at the time, and she just so happened to go through pretty similar uh, personal things at the same time. It was really helpful um, for me to process that in third person and kind of, you know, like Joe said, what would what would Jesus do? It was what would what would Daisha do, and how she processed that and what she took away with that empowered me in real life to make the decisions that I needed to in my personal life um i love that anyway um moving on a little bit um it's something that we've talked about before so i'm in several different groups on facebook that talk about um dungeons and dragons in different capacities and they often the, the a very common theme i'll see is that people are able to explore themselves in a safe environment which we've talked about and i love the idea um but I see stories of people who've realized that they're in toxic relationships and then get the strength to leave, or people who realized that they were not the sexual orientation that they'd been living the entire life, you know, up until that point, or even so far as people realizing that they identify as a different gender that they were born as because a cis male was role-playing as a woman and then decided, this actually feels more comfortable for me, um, and respecting that this is a very sensitive topic potentially i'd still love to discuss it a little bit because i've been asked as a woman several times if as a man it would be okay to role play as a female character and i've even said on the flip side i don't see anybody ever taking issue with a female role playing as a male character and while i personally find no offense in it as long as it's done respectfully um i know that i've been asked several times and i believe I think maybe I've seen all of you play a female character before. I, I've definitely played a female character before. I think, and I feel like if you're going to be a dick with a, like an opposite gender, you're going to be a dick anyway. I don't think <laughs> no matter is. what. Yeah, yeah. I played the uh, what was it? The American uh, annoying lady, wasn't you, it? You're uh, more of a dick school. because you're making fun of me for being American. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the American tween who didn't like oh most people's God. fashion sense. Just wait until. Oh my God, look at her hair. About this. <laughs> yep, that one. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I I have not yet played a female character. 
However, I personally always refer to Elo as a they. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know yet. I like genuinely. Y- yeah, uh, they don't know. Yeah, I get that. A lot of my characters are open sexually. Like Zachariah is definitely not straight mm-hmm. by any means. He's he's definitely like fluid between whatever. He he's very much into personal appearance and mm-hmm. looking after himself and being quite pretty and presentable. But also, is pretty interested in in girls, even though he he takes a more feminine appearance and approach to life. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think playing those kind of characters, are, maybe they also are um, in the background, just you experimenting to see if you could play that character and if it feels natural at all mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will say, I sort of had... I don't, I don't want to... It might sound a bit odd, but I sort of had burnout, I think. Just being masculine. And while I did not necessarily, I didn't, when I created ELO, I did not set out to create any, I, I had I had absolutely nothing in mind. I, I knew the race that I wanted them to be, and I had some ideas for their backstory. But gen, gender, gender and sexuality just never came into it. And then mm-hmm. by the time we started the game, I realized it still hadn't really. Like I designed the token for uh, in Hero Forge for, for Jason to use, but... Uh, that that I'd kept fairly ambiguous. I've, I've mm-hmm. you know, um, they're a monk, so I, clothing was fairly simple. I've given them purple wings, but I mean they're fairies, so bright coloured wings, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the voice I use is sort of fairly high pitched and rapid. But again, that's not that was more a product of the fact that they are small rather than mm-hmm. because of their and that it. It was a a weird relief to not. I I think there's a certain. Uh, this is gonna sound terrible, but I think there's a certain pressure when you are building. I was gonna like, say pressure. I didn't yeah. want to interrupt you. Yeah, uh, the, like especially when when you build. If you are setting out to build a male character, there are certain elements that are. I I feel a sort of expected, um, mm-hmm. and. Not that I set out to deliberately kind of embody masculinity in all of my characters, but at the same time, uh, it just it felt very. I've only been playing for a year as it is, um, and it felt a bit weird. I don't know. I don't know. I just, it was just a relief. It was very very freeing to not even think about it, not have it con- a consideration at all. It's. it's... Yeah. I mean, I, I've played. Um, who who was the? It was. Thingy's husband that I played with Yuli. Oh, Nathaniel. Francois. <laughs> Francois. <laughs> nutty. No, yeah, Nutty. And that, uh, Nathaniel. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, I, I always thought maybe if I play, because they were like a barbarian fighter mm-hmm. and they had rage. And I thought barbarians are always quite a masculine class, regardless of gender. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite, because it's just kind of built into it. You go around smacking things, getting angry, and that just feels very masculine to me. But playing Nathaniel, mm-hmm. who's a, a, a very feminine male as a barbarian, was quite interesting. Hairdresser, as like... it were. The yeah, yeah I was going to say hairdresser. <laughs> uses like these huge scissors mm-hmm. um, to whack people with. Uh, was quite fun. So playing around with those kind of stereotypical. Uh, classes being more masculine, that spinning a feminine touch onto them is quite interesting. 
and comes out with some really cool situations and, yeah. and role play opportunities. It's great. I just, I want to, I think, speak a little on it from the opposite side. So, so like I said, I, I've been asked several times by men if I would be offended if they played a woman. And the answer for me personally is absolutely not. Um, but I specifically kind of talking to what Joe was saying, um, as a mom of three boys, I am, I, I think I've always been aware, but I'm very keenly aware of the societal pressure on men to be a certain way. You can't show emotions. You have to portray yourself as this. You have to be strong. You have to be this. You have to be that. And I absolutely could see you finding relief in taking off the pressure of being masculine for a second, because I feel like there's a lot of societal pressure on men to be a certain way and a little bit of escapism here to say like, you know what? I don't have to be strong. I can sit here and, you know, splash around in a puddle of my tears because I was sad about something and I allowed myself to cry. And that might, I may I be so bold to say it might even be healthy to explore that side of you in a safe environment like this. But um, yeah, it's, it, go ahead. It was I, it just interesting because I, I agree with what you're saying, but it's interesting because I don't feel I feel like I am actually quite in touch with mm. who I am and what makes my emotions. And I don't really care what people think of me. But at the same time, there are those outward pressures of I, yeah. like, I feel like I have to explain myself. I have no issue crying. I encourage my kids to cry with me. And like we, we talk through the, the, the healthy parts of those situations. But I do. That's, I think, the point. I feel like I have to talk through it and explain mm. myself to people or or just like not necessarily excuse it but it's yeah showing emotions and so on i'm fine with it i don't mind telling people about it but it, it seems like i have to explain it away and that's weird and going into something like D in the safe space like you say just having the freedom to it, no one's gonna ask any questions do what you like mm. no one's gonna yeah, question it because your character is your character and i don't mm -hmm. think we all accept from the go that you're just gonna play your character and yep. we're not gonna question if your character gets over emotional because like cool that's a cool role play role play they're doing what their character would do mm -hmm. in this situation and we have no questions and i feel like it's hard because when you come back to reality there is that judgment from external sources which is horrible um and especially like you said that you get a lot of males asking you if they can play women and mm -hmm. i think it just depends how they're going to play them because some right. of the more the i watched a video not too long ago and it explained like strong female characters and what the difference is between some of the classics like ripley from the alien movie mm -hmm. compared to what they're doing with like marvel now and they're just forcing strong female characters out there without any actual content mm -hmm. for them to be a strong female character that uh, her role in Alien was written for a man. But a woman played it, and mm -hmm. it played it well. And I feel like have it playing a female character, is play you play it well when you it doesn't matter what the gender is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You could have played any gender, but the character is still good. And I feel like you have to keep that in the back of your mind and just go, am I doing this because it's female, or mm -hmm. am I doing this because it's what the character would do? Yeah, And I feel like there's a distinction there and a fine line of, is this insulting? Am I just portraying a how I view women into this character, mm -hmm. or am I just playing this character? And I feel like there's a fine line there that you have to really master in order to play those characters, in order to not offend 
people who might be listening. How how do you, Kristen, feel? Because on that topic, Jason, like the playing how I feel or what I think about a certain type of person or a certain gender or what have you, we we the three of us, Jason, myself, and Lee, will will have no question or doubt about overplaying a man and really digging deep into a stereotypical yeah like, very egocentric gent like but how would you feel if we did the same thing with a female character would it still be okay if we were exploring the stereotype and the trope mm-hmm. um honestly i think it, it's a it's a weird question because for me playing with the three of you I know you guys aren't being dicks about it. I know that mm. you would be doing something constructive with it and trying to explore it, right? Versus I can think of, I will not name, but I can think of other people in my life who would do it just to be a jerk about it. Mm. And that is not okay. There's a phrase that came by recently is that comedians that do jokes on maybe less, maybe a darker humor uh, have an unwritten contract that... If, Usually they have had experience there or openly speak out against something that they make jokes up against. Mm -hmm. So they have this unwritten public contract of go, I'm going to make these jokes, but everybody kind of knows from my prior Mm -hmm. world out there and who I am that I don't actually stand for this stuff. I'm taking it in hyperbole. Yeah. So you have to have that contract with your players and kind of have to know you well enough to know that if you do play a, a role like that, it is for comedic effect or to play a specific character, whether it's based on a TV show character or something along those lines, that you're not doing it simply just to cause harm to somebody. I feel like there's a little bit of hypocrisy, though, in in that, because I feel like none of the men that I know would even question it if I did that and I played the stereotypical, egocentric, uber-masculine, I feel like nobody would question it, whereas people might question it if you did the same with a woman. So I guess I guess what I would say is if it doesn't even matter what you assume the gender of the people at your table are, having the conversation, um, if you're going to do anything really kind of potentially over-exaggerated like that, that could be harmful. Because you don't even know people's situations. That The instance that came up in my brain when you when you asked me that, Joe, is like, okay, well, maybe maybe you have a female figure in your life, like a mom or a grandma or an aunt, and you want to explore that and see what potential kind of character arc that is and explore how that affects other people to even test the waters like, oh, I know how this affected me as a human being. I want to see how portraying this affects other people and then have that kind of character arc for yourself. And that could I could even see that being cathartic and healing in a way like you're taking things that hurt you as a person and healing them through changing that that person so um yeah i feel it becomes very philosophical at that point though it's like there's a whole history of women being degraded mm-hmm. so playing a woman and degrading them in a game it is a lot more impactful if you're a male doing that than if a woman were to degrade a male because we've always that's fair. Why, like you know it's always been the hierarchy of history throughout like well up until most recently it's been the most right women have ever had throughout mm-hmm. the majority of history in today so 
there's a whole history you have to take into account there that you have to know and understand before you make an, a, a step up and make a character like that, I think. That's fair. I, I think the hardest thing for me kind of around this topic is in portraying a strong female character and before you're like well wait a minute you obviously don't have a problem portraying it is that it's always and it, it's it's true in my real life I feel like I'm a pretty strong presence <laughs> um if you get angry if you are forceful if you are even decisive a lot of times you are just a bitch and several other very colorful words um and playing that while not just automatically catching the bitch tag is is hard you know miranda's a great example of that although she does lean very much sore towards bitch atuza would be a good example of that atuza would be a good example of that she's a very strong outspoken feminine presence and speaks her mind whereas if she was a man i don't think that she would catch that bitch tag but she definitely does as a woman from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I've played with Tusa with Willie, though, and although I, I, I know that's how she may be perceived, I never play Willie, even though he, he is comically sometimes misogynistic, mm -hmm. never pulls up on you being a strong, independent kind of female no. character, because I know that's a stigma there, and it's understanding those boundaries, Yeah, I think. And I think within this community, especially from the males that, that I've interacted with, especially Lee and Joe here, We'd like to put the women up on pedestals and go, you be you and do what you like because yeah. we're here as males with the authority amongst other males to say you can leave her alone because we mm -hmm. support what she's doing. Yeah, And I feel like having the community that does that really helps as well, which is you know, partly yours and Lee's fault that this this whole community <laughs> i say fault but it, i said that like it was negative but it's not it's like you're it's a reason it's why this community fault, is Lee. so great is <laughs> <laughs> so great with the people in it is that yeah there's, there's very few people at all that we've had any kind of problems with yeah within that regard and disrespecting women that way and i feel like any of us here would pull people up if they were being massively disrespectful to to women for sure in, in such a way so and you, you said it yourself, Christian, as well, like it's it, you keep using the phrase, it's worth having that conversation. It's it's important to remember that most of these sessions for most people will happen uh, in a private space between a small group of people mm -hmm. who can have that discussion in session zero, but also throughout the games. Um, you can you can, you know, break the fourth wall and, and say, hey, that was that wasn't cool. And here's yeah. why. Um, and you should be playing with people who you can have those interactions with that it, you do mm -hmm. feel okay saying, um, I, I appreciate what you're doing, but here's, yeah. here's how I felt about it and, and not being berated for it. And as long as that's true, yep. you're, you're fine. No one else is seeing it, which also means for the person playing the character, you, you can kind of, as long as discussions have happened, don't be afraid to explore the, the, you know, character roles and and sort of personalities that you want to explore. Because ultimately, it's between you and the other players in the room. And as long as you've had a discussion about, I'm going to be like this, is everyone yeah. okay with that? You should go for it. As long as people yeah. know where the stop button is, then yeah. you say Yeah, and, and if people do want to stop it, I mean, I as a DM would be totally open for someone to go, to come to me with the problem. And then I'll pass it off as if I have noticed it, if they don't want to be 
kind of break mm-hmm. any kind of relationship barriers. As a DM, I feel like that's a, your responsibility to go, this was a problematic and I think it's problematic. So could you stop or reduce this and just bring it down a notch? Yeah. Uh, just simply, I don't want to offend any of the other players and I'm seeing a problem and a pattern occurring here and I don't want it to continue mm-hmm. going on. And I feel like players should be able to approach their DMs in that situation because you do accept that responsibility when you do become a DM and run these kind of games that you have to kind of maintain that um, level of integrity within your games. Yeah, Um, I agree. I am lucky. I think we are lucky enough to have found and created, but found a safe space because, you know, especially since COVID happened, a lot of people were trying to find groups online of people that they didn't know. That's how I met Lee. He was a rando. <laughs> he was a rando right who now. has turned into <laughs> one of my favorite randos who is no longer a rando in the entire world. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's different than... Um, you know, the very beginning of our D&D relationship together, feeling safe, maybe not so much, but now, absolutely. I feel like I could explore whatever I wanted to explore um, amongst the community that we have at this point. Um, all right. Well, friends, thank you for nerding out with me today. I just love what a gift this game it can be for people. Um, finding friends, growing into a family like we have has been amazing for me. Uh, I hope that everyone who plays is able to find what we've found uh, within it. Um, but being able to find your true self can be an invaluable treasure as well. Um, I consider myself really lucky to have experienced both of these things, and I hope that every single one of you out there gets to experience it as well. From all of us, thank you so much for listening. Stay cool. And remember, if you can't be cool, be wicked. Until next time. Thank you. Bye. 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 Oi. Wherever you found us today, don't forget to like and subscribe for more great content. And if you want to find out more about what we do, how to support us, pick up some merch and find links to our friends like JB Media, visit us at wickedcoolkids.co.uk.